Hello and welcome to Power Van Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray here and thank you very much for joining me. In this episode, well, it's Electric Avenue meets Born to be Wild. We've got Matthew Day Gillett's story on the Harley Davidson Live Wire. Of course, he was the only New Zealand motorcycling journalist to be invited to the launch of Harley Davidson's Live Wire, the first mass produced fully electric motorcycle. As the epitome of iron, we wouldn't have picked Harley-Davidson to be the first out of the gate with a fully electric motorcycle. While the idea of Harley producing an electric EV may be a bolt from the blue for some, Harley-Davidson's electric motorcycle, the Livewire, can actually trace its development right back to 2010 and the start of Harley's Project Livewire. We rode that concept bike in early 2015 around the ring roads of the Sepang Grand Prix circuit and on the streets of Los Angeles and were thoroughly impressed by the prototype. Back then, Harley-Davidson promised that the production version would arrive in roughly five years and not only did they make good on that promise, but they've also beaten the other motorcycle manufacturers to the punch as well. That is seriously a big surprise. For some time, the Bar and Shield has been working to distance itself from the old image as the brand that always looks backwards. Livewire proves that the company can not only look into the future, it can nail the tricky task of developing a bike for the newest segment of the marketplace with its first try. As my first flight of many to reach Portland and the global launch of Livewire has just abandoned its first landing attempt, I catch myself thinking, what the hell am I doing here? Why I got the nod for the trip in the first place, I suspect relates to my past luck in getting to experience the 2020 Livewire's precursor, the 2014 Project Livewire, which blew me away while riding around the ring roads of the Sepang Grand Prix track in early 2015. Maybe Harley-Davidson wanted my opinion on the changes they've made to the bike since then, or something. Anyway, five years on, I'm as surprised as anyone that Harley managed to pull off the feat of bringing a mass-production electric motorbike to the market before any other manufacturer. Sure, BMW has some electric scooters floating around Europe, and electric outfit Zero has had success in a few markets, but neither has officially brought anything running on electrons to Aotearoa. And here, Harley has them beat. Few things have changed between the prototype stage of the bike and the production version we're being delivered, the most obvious being the new bodywork and the move to conventional mirrors. 
It's a good thing too, as the mirrors on Project Livewire gave me a great view of my knees, but not much else. In general, Livewire is quite a conventionally handsome motorcycle in the roadster vein. With this being an electric bike, it comes with a few pros and cons in its corner. The most obvious pro being that, for now, electricity is much cheaper than petrol. There is a con on the flip side though, and that is the range, and time needed to recharge the battery. Select Harley-Davidson dealers will be offering free fast charging stations that promise a 40 minute 80% charge, but it's a 12 and a half hour charge from empty to full on the AC wall charger at home. The bike has a maximum range of 235 kilometers around town and 113 kilometers at a sustained 112 kilometers per hour, which will be a hard sell for those riders who love to ride the length of the country just for laughs. Fast charge stations are available in a growing number of New Zealand locations to support the electronic car market. Buyers will just need to see it as a chance for a coffee break if they're out on a long run and check that there's a fast charger on the route and hope there isn't a queue. In reality though, Harley isn't pitching this bike at those riders. This bike is pitched as an urban vehicle with the ability to let loose on your favourite bank road on the way home. The location for the world launch reflected this with a 38 mile loop set in Portland, the USA's answer to the question, what if Hamilton was on crack? Providing the backdrop for our introduction to the real world abilities of this history making Harley, with a dose of urban riding, with plenty of back road shenanigans, we really did get to see if Livewire was a well rounded package. It's not hard to argue that it doesn't have the looks to get the heart pumping. While Harley could have gone the same old route and designed yet another cruiser, which possibly would have been better for maximising battery life, the Livewire breaks the mould and is firmly in the Naked Roadster style, with three colour options, black, yellow fuse and orange fuse, plus a host of accessories, Harley's first proper bike since the days of Buell really has the goods. For instance, linked with the well-sorted Showa separate function big piston forks and mono shock is a braking system which is equally up to the task. Up front is a set of four-pot radially mounted Brembo calipers on 300mm discs, while out the back is a dual piston Brembo clamping down on a 260mm disc. While the braking hardware might seem just average for those coming from race prep sports bikes, especially for hauling up a 249kg bike, the addition of the regenerative braking in all rider modes, the live wire is definitely not lacking in stopping power. Basically, think of the regenerative braking for the battery like strong engine braking, which in addition to slowing you down, pumps electrons back into the battery, topping up your range. That range isn't half bad either. With Harley claiming 235 kilometers in urban riding conditions and 158 kilometers combined with highway miles, this naturally varies a lot depending on which of the seven rider modes you have selected, as well as how hard you're riding the bike. 
Rain mode, as you might expect, is the least responsive rider mode, with the electronic throttle reining in the bike's power significantly. Sports mode, on the other hand, is absolutely nuts, with the bike's full power coming in strong early in the rev range. Importantly, since the Livewire's motor produces its power immediately, Harley needed to install some nano aids to help the rider keep the bike in check. Yep, there's no escaping them, and the Livewire also marks the first bike from Harley Davidson to utilise traction control and a six-axis inertial management unit (IMU) to link in with the TCS and ABS. Harley Davidson calls the system Reflex Defensive Rider Systems (RDRS), which consists of cornering ABS, traction control and anti-wheelie control. While the Harley employees on site wouldn't confirm whether you can turn off the anti-wheelie control, you can disable the TCS at the touch of a button and fry the rear tyre at will using the ample torque. Lighting is provided exclusively via LEDs all round, and the two biggest changes from Project Livewire are the addition of a small fairing around the headlight and the move to traditional mirrors. Powering the live wire is a 15.5 kilowatt hour battery, which is positioned in the centre of the bike. In fact, the majority of the bike is visually taken up by the battery. Interestingly, Harley still uses a standard bike battery for powering the accessories, which is located just in front of the rear wheel, allowing for all the power from the main lithium-ion battery to go to the motor. The motor itself runs along the base of the bike and produces 106 horsepower, or 87 kilowatts and 116 newton meters of torque, both from zero RPM. That's right, it makes peak power and torque immediately. Power is sent to the belt final drive via a bevel system, which in turn gives the live wire a unique sound. That sound, which is best described as similar to a jet turbine engine, becomes apparent when the bike is under acceleration, and getting heavy on the throttle was hard to resist, with the bike reaching 100km per hour in a fraction over 3 seconds. As your speed increases, so does the whine from the bike, right up until you hit the bike's top speed of 177km per hour. If you're on the team claiming that live wire is too quiet for urban riders, and won't get noticed, the sound is reasonably noticeable. And let's not forget the live wire is equipped with a handy horn. Most bikes have them, don't you know? Which is also useful for alerting other road users to your presence. Unlike traditional Harleys, which for obvious reasons are quite clearly on once you've pushed the starter, the electric live wire isn't quite so clearly switched on. As such, Harley developed a special haptic feedback system which is emitted by the bike to physically signal to the rider that the bike is on. It only works at standstill and essentially is the result of the electric motor producing a subtle pulsing of torque 
kind of like a heartbeat, which is designed to let the rider know the bike has come to life and is ready to ride. It's a weird kind of sensation when you first notice it, but you quickly come to appreciate it. Other indications that the live wire is ready to ride is the sides of the TFT dash that will illuminate green as a visual cue. Rolling away from the launch hotel, I'll admit I felt a fair sense of trepidation in terms of riding a bike with one gear and no clutch. Thankfully Harley really has tuned the throttle response to a point where the bike is silky smooth to operate at low speeds. When it came down to doing manoeuvres like U-turns, dragging the rear brake makes for a good substitute for slipping a clutch, something that many riders advocate anyway. Within the first two minutes of the ride, we discovered possibly the biggest benefit to riding a pack of live wires through the central business district. The fact you can ride along and hold a conversation with the rider next to you without having to yell through your helmet. Getting out of the low-speed city streets and onto the twisty back roads behind Portland gave the opportunity to switch the bikes into sports mode and put to the test live-wise handling abilities. With 45 degrees of lean angle on each side, quality shower suspension and a rigid alloy frame, the live wire is quite the lively machine when the ride gets fun. As it carries its 249kgs low and centralised, it's remarkably easy to throw in and out of corners. The only issue I found was the bike didn't want to hold a steady line when the road surface got rough. I'm still undecided as to whether it was due to the bike's suspension being set up to factory specs and not for my weight, or it was just my unfamiliarity with the US roads. As I said earlier, unlike internal combustion engine powered bikes, there's no waiting for the power to build. The speed at which this thing rips forward has to be experienced to be believed, especially as it just keeps going until it runs out of gearing. So with the Livewire being an electric vehicle, the battery and electric motor are key aspects of the bike's makeup. The battery itself is a lithium-ion unit rated at 15.5 kilowatt hours and has a 5-year unlimited mileage warranty. Keeping its temperature controlled was a key aspect of the design, so Harley-Davidson encased the battery in an alloy box, complete with cooling fans like you'd expect to see on an air-cooled engine. For the top of the battery, which houses the charging intake module under the tank, Harley-Davidson opted to direct air via intakes either side of the bike to assist with cooling. The major downside to the lithium-ion battery, however, is cold temperature running as these batteries don't like the cold. This means that in cold conditions, battery life might not be as good as during a nice summer day. Plus, since the battery doesn't give off any heat, you're going to get cold legs as there's not a nice warm engine to keep yourself warm on. The internal permanent magnet synchronous motor with water jacket cooling, which Harley simply calls the revolution motor, is a simple unit when compared to the internal combustion engine, but remarkably puts out a strong 116 newton meters of torque and 106 horsepower right off idle. Then it'll rev all the way out to 15,000 rpm producing that power in a nice steady stream. 
There are no wavy torque or power curves here. The best part though is there are considerably fewer serviceable items with no engine oil to change, no spark plugs, air filter or primary drive to service. The live wire does require inspection or servicing of some mechanical and consumable items such as the drive belt tension, gearbox oil, brake fluid and brake pads and tyres at recommended intervals and pre-ride. Sadly for us Kiwis, Harley-Davidson Australia and New Zealand are yet to confirm the final price or exact arrival date for the LiveWise entry into the New Zealand market. While Harley-Davidson has confirmed the bike will be here with an expected arrival sometime in the second half of the year 2020. The price is less of a certainty. With the US price set just shy of $30,000, we can expect to pay over $44,000 when it eventually arrives. So I know what you're thinking now, is the live wire worth that much? Well, yes and no. As a practical motorcycle, the live wire is still not quite there in terms of riding range. While the 235km of city range is more than adequate, absolutely hammering it really does drain the battery like a V8 drinks fuel. But in terms of sheer performance, fun and being on that cutting edge of tech, it is unlike anything else in the motorcycling world. For now, Harley-Davidson plans to have four more electric vehicles to slot into the range under the live wire by the year 2022. So, to get back to the original question we started with, is the Harley-Davidson live wire a heroic moment in history or another orphan from the bar and shield? My vote goes to history maker and I challenge you to ride one and not come away thinking differently. This story from Matthew Day Gillett on the world launch of the Harley-Davidson Livewire. Thank you very much, Matt. Check out the full story, words and pictures in Volume 1 of Kiwi Riders August 2019 edition. Thanks very much for sticking with us. This is Powerband Podcast. This episode was voiced and produced by myself, Ray Heron. Check out kiwirider.co.nz for more stories relating to Kiwis on bikes.